I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. It's the Epiphany Scripture, Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, where Matthew writes, In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you found him, Bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down, and they paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Let us pray together. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for this privilege of studying it together. And now as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. It's the beginning of a new year. And we have immediately just celebrated Christmas where God was intervening in our world in an amazing way. We needed Christmas. We needed God to intervene. When you read the scripture in John chapter 1, you will hear that God shined the light, Jesus the Christ, in the darkness. That tells us that our world around us was dark. As N.T. Wright has said, you don't shine a light during daylight. But it was in the darkness that God sent His Son to bring light to the world, to bring redemption to the world. It's Christmas. We are still in the 12 days of Christmas, from Christmas Day to January the 6th, which is the day of Epiphany. The 12 days of Christmas. That's why we and our family, we leave our Christmas decorations up through the season of Epiphany, through the day of Epiphany when we celebrate the coming of the wise men. Epiphany. 
It means a manifestation of God. God making an appearance before us. God intervening. God revealing himself to us. So, we've just had Christmas. We're experiencing Epiphany. The manifestation of God where the wise men now come from the east to worship the Christ child. What are we going to do with the story? Is Christmas now just a story that brings back some nostalgia to us, some sentimental feelings of a beautiful story that we share? Or is Christmas for us a world-changing event? God doing something powerful and amazing in our lives. A truth that becomes the essence of who we are. N.T. Wright is a great biblical scholar at Oxford. He's also a bishop in the Anglican Church. And in his beautiful book, For All God's Worth, he says, We can't just acknowledge a God like this at a distance and carry on as before. If the stories are true, this God didn't stay at a distance himself. And I love this. He took us seriously enough to come into our world as one of us. The challenge then is if God has taken us so seriously that God would intervene in our lives, the question will become, will we now take God so seriously that God becomes an important part of our lives, the essence of who we are. Matthew, in Matthew chapter 2, tells us the story of the visit of the wise men. I love this story because Matthew does not tell us about shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. That was Luke. Matthew tells us about wise men from the east, I find that interesting because Matthew is written around 70 A.D., so this is some 40 years or so after Jesus has now ascended into heaven that Matthew is retelling us the story. And Matthew tells us of the wise men. Matthew's writing to a church and leading a church that's primarily made up of Jewish Christians, those who had been part of the Jewish community, part of the Jewish descendancy, and, and now they have accepted Jesus Christ and become part of the church. But Matthew tells us the story of the wise men. These are Gentiles. One of the things that makes Epiphany so special is it's God manifesting himself to all the world. Remember how Luke told us in Luke chapter 2 that the angel said, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. And Matthew is revisiting that and reminding us that this good news of Jesus Christ was not just for the Jewish community that primarily makes up his church, but for all of us, for all of the world, which I am excited about because I'm not Jewish. And Matthew is telling me and telling you that the coming of this Christ child is for all the world, including us, including me, including you. The wise men. 
These were educated men who studied the stars of the sky. They were astrologers. They studied what God was doing in our world and at the cosmic level. But all of a sudden they realized God was doing something incredible. A new star had appeared. It was God revealing something. And what I love about the wise men is they didn't want to just study it. They wanted to be a part of it. Remember that. They didn't want to just study it and be aware of it. But they wanted to be a part of what God was doing to participate in it. And God is not seeking for us just to be spectators of our faith, who study it, maybe aware of what's happening. But God wants us to participate and to be in a relationship. God is seeking discipleship. And the, the wise men recognize that God is doing something new. And they begin a journey seeking, desiring God, anticipation of what God is doing. They couldn't rest until they participated in it. It reminds me of St. Augustine who shared these words in his confessions. You have made us for yourself, O God. And our hearts are restless until they rest in you. They make the journey. They come to Jerusalem. They, they ask Herod, where is the one to be born king of the Jews? Herod calls in the others wanting to know where is the one to be born king of the Jews. He's now concerned and frightened about his power. But they tell him it's in Bethlehem, only six miles away here in Judea. Bethlehem. That's what the scripture says. It's there. And the wise men began their journey, Herod telling them, when you find him, come back and tell me so I can worship. But the wise men go. And they see that the star stops over the place where Jesus was, the house. At this point, Jesus is approaching two years of age. So they're in a house and they arrive there. They find the child. They find Mary, his mother. And I love that Matthew tells us they were overwhelmed with joy. I mean, that's what an epiphany does to us. When we have this manifestation of God, when God reveals and makes himself so intimately known to us, the joy is absolutely incredible. And they come in, they kneel down before the Christ child. A sign of humility as they bow before their God, recognizing who God is, who they are, knowing the difference, bowing before the Christ child. And they worshiped. They paid him homage. They worshiped that God is doing something incredible through this child. And then we're told they opened their treasure chests and they made an offering to God of not only themselves, but of their resources to God, sharing from deep within. And then we're told that when they left, they obeyed God rather than Herod. They left being obedient to God. That's discipleship, walking in the direction God would have them go, not the direction that Herod would have them go. We've experienced Christmas 
Now we experience epiphany. It's again a manifestation of God. God manifested himself through the Christ child taking on human form, living among us to become part of us, and now reveals himself once again with the wise men. It puts us in a crisis, and a crisis does not mean a negative thing. It means we're now at a point where we have to decide. We have to make some decisions. What are we going to do with this encounter with God? Now that God has revealed himself and made himself known, how are we going to respond? Christmas is over. We simply take down the trees, pack up the ornaments, pack up the decorations, put everything back on the shelves and move right on with life as it was before Christmas? Or does the Christ Mass, the epiphany, the manifestation of God, change our lives somehow? If God takes us so seriously, then how will we take God seriously? and our faith, and our walk. N.T. Wright continues in his book saying, we must look at ourselves in the mirror and ask some fairly sharp questions about who we are and what we think we are up to. A very real part of our worship each year at the beginning of the year is known as the Wesley Covenant Prayer. It actually was a Puritan service that John Wesley grew up with. His parents, Samuel and Susanna, loved this service at the beginning of the year, this prayer at the beginning of the year. And John Wesley grew up as a preacher's kid knowing that every year we renew our faith, every year we recommit. So growing up in Epworth, England, he constantly knew we get to pray this prayer. And when the early Methodists began, he believed that every Methodist should begin a year, every Christian should begin the year recommitting our lives to Christ, reaffirming our baptismal covenant, recognizing that we've just celebrated Christmas This amazing gift where God has intervened into our lives because God so loves us. And now we experience epiphany, the manifestation of the Christ for all of us. So what will we do with it? Well, we can confess who we are, recommit our lives to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And begin a new year having not just celebrated Christmas and Epiphany, but experiencing it.